Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. You guys just stink today. <laughs> you just stink. Wow. I, I think I've been great. I, I was going to ask how you great. You know, we've oh, had... been kind of stinky too, Danny. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> really? <laughs> Afternoons on the score. We're back with more of the Parkinson Spiegel Show. Live from the Sheridan Grand for the 37th Annual Cubs Convention on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Thank you for hanging out with us at Cubs Convention. It is Parkins and Spiegel on the score. Been a busy day already with uh, Carter Hawkins scheduled to join us, Cubs general manager at about 4.30, and Nico Horner, our friend, at 5 o'clock. The blue carpet convention, or the blue, it's not, the blue carpet festivities are going to start, and Shane Reardon's going to get his Ryan Seacrest on <laughs> and uh, do the interviews. Seacrest, yes. I was thinking Joan Rivers, Joan and Melissa Rivers. Probably more known for the for the carpet. I, I think yeah. all of it. Uh, all yeah, of it now. that all works. Yeah, it, it yeah. all works. I think Shane is an outstanding choice for that. Absolutely. I'm um, looking forward to uh, those interactions, and we'll try to bring some of those back for you uh, a little bit later later on in the show. Um, that was really cool, man, to see, just knowing you the way I do and knowing, you know, how much you loved your big bro and how much Craig Council loved your big bro. That was a really cool, um, genuine connection to watch happen as part of that interview. It was really neat. Yeah, he, uh, I mean, you know, I, first time I, I met, yeah, I've known Craig a long time, obviously. Yeah. Um, and they were best friends in like through grade school and high school in Whitefish Bay. And uh, yeah, so the time that I saw Craig most recently before he was introduced at that press conference was at my brother's funeral. Yep. So it was, this I, is, I met him there. That, that, that's when I met him. You met. Yeah. So it is going to be, it is a, it is a surreal thing that he is the manager of the Chicago Cubs. It's uh it's amazing. I know Brad would be so excited about it. it it's 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 hard because it's like I, I want to talk to him about it. Of course, I want to experience it with him. I want to get hammered in Wrigleyville with him a- after shows and the whole thing. And so you know, Brad, not Craig. I mean, gotcha. Craig maybe, but uh, <laughs> but like it it. So yeah, it's it's a it's a whole mix of of emotions. I, and I can imagine what I said to him off air, um, and he would not remember this. But first interview I ever did was Craig Council on WNTH radio, Nutrier's high school radio sh- uh, station. My um, – Craig was a player and Brad Craig hooked was, you up Craig was a player and Brad hooked me up. So that would have been, yeah, my uh, junior year of high school. So tremendous. I was like 16 or 17. And, 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 and yeah, and, and then Harry Tyner, which was my second. Oh, it's tremendous. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it's like I, it, it, I, c- I can relate my, my last question to him about, like, tolerating you as the little brother. It's like – that that was me. I have an older brother who's nine years older. Yeah. Um, who is a who was a baseball player and is a huge sports fan. And his pals were so funny. I've told you about that. Like some 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 of them. And then my older other older brother is ten years older. He was the musician. Yeah. And hung around with his musician pals. And I was always trying to like fit in and make them all laugh and impress them, etc. And they would tolerate me. You yeah. Know? So so I I understand. I'm sure a lot of listeners can understand that feeling. 
just so happens that now the guy who was part of that for you is managing the ball club. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. is just kind of crazy. It, it is. It is yeah. more more than kind of crazy. And uh, but yeah, so it's uh, but he's a pro man. He's he, oh, yeah. he is the absolute goods. He re refused to answer my part time hitter is hot. You left out 100 variables. Three that he did. Well, I mean, we're doing it. We're doing a radio show. Yeah, no, I know. But three, I'm just saying he's, three he, he's not, not going to commit to anything without all the information. What I'm thinking about as I ask the question, frankly, is the way that David Ross would stick with Mike Talkman or stick with some guys who he thought were money, even if the matchup didn't quite um, resonate, that you were like, that dude is hot and I like his at bats and I like his presence. So. I'll get more chances to talk some of the hardcore baseball stuff with him, but we've talked so much about it off the air, things that Ross did. First and second, nobody out down two runs. Ross is bunting. It, Ross is bunting. And I, think, and I think Council is not. And I think Council is not. So yeah. let's talk about that without putting a fine point on it is, is the goal of the thing. And uh, it, it's going to be really interesting because they, they're going to keep getting better and trying to sign guys and keep making the roster better, but they are also clearly – counting on him to win more games as manager. And that referendum, that idea in baseball is a really interesting one. You've got a very smart organization telling you flat out, we think we could have won more games with this guy instead of that guy. Uh, right. And But what's funny is, like, so he answered my question, and then you were like, yeah, good stuff, Danny. And it was funny about, like, how he maximizes things. Mm -hmm. He will say... He doesn't know how he does it, but he's not. He, he does. It's his process. Right. It's his it, process it, it, of it, making the best decision for that individual, painstakingly make the best individual situational it, decision. It's his process. It's his preparation, man. There was no reason at all to suggest that Craig Council was going to have a 16-year career. This guy was the NLCS MVP. You know what I mean? On a team that had Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson and Luis Gonzalez. He, he was the MVP of the NLCS. He scored the game-winning run in Game 7 of a World Series. The thing that everybody who's played baseball at any level yeah. in their life... He, he scored he's, the game-winning run. I, I want to ask him, that that's when Luis Gonzalez fists that cut fastball for Mariano Rivera through a drawn-in infield, and Bernie Williams just runs by it without picking it up because he knows the runner is going to score the game-winning run, that's Craig Council. Right. And I, I, I want to talk through that entire sequence with him sometime. He is the guy who, in game one of that series, hit a home run after, I forget if it was Schilling or Johnson, gave up a run, uh, on the front end of it in, in, in game one. So they're down game one, one zero. He's the leadoff hitter. Guy hits no home runs, steps up to the plate, hits a home run in the bottom of the first inning of game one of the World Series. He's just a gamer. Yep. Just like uh, as a player, an overachiever and a gamer. And then as a manager, the doing more with less. All of those Brewers teams hit it, however you want to ma measure it, but Py the Pythagorean win total uh, from the computer models, yeah. the Vegas win totals. Like nine out of the last ten years, that guy th they've gone over their win total. Well, you know like what he he, did? he overachieves. You know what he did there? I mean, remember, he started in the front office there with Doug Melvin. He made sure that they got players like that, regardless of skill level. 
make sure that those players had that mindset to make the most of their talent and get the most out of what they bring to the table. So if you get a good player who has that attitude, whoo, he becomes real good. And you get a great player who has that attitude to become special. You get a whole room of people like that then I think that's how you overachieve, is picking the groceries as well. I was a little surprised that he wasn't part of the pitch to Imanaga at all. But, you know, it's his first offseason. Uh, interesting. He said he just had the conversation with him today now that he has signed. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll see. We can ask Carter. We'll, we'll see how how long that's been going, how true that is. You know what I mean? But, like, but, well, but it's interesting because cause Jed spoke openly about wanting to get Craig involved in everything. Just every conversation, every every decision. Yeah. So it's a little early for him to be doing everything. He's got a lot to do and a lot to learn. Coaching staff. Yeah. And all that stuff. Coaching staff yeah. and all the players and everything. But we'll ask Carter, like, how how welcome is that? Like, how 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 open is an entire baseball operations department to letting a manager into all that process? Because that's not necessarily historically how it goes. Yeah, abso- absolutely. And it's also, I mean. It's why they brought him here, right? 100%. For, for the mind and the overachieving and all of that stuff. And they won't know it fully yet because he's clearly just trying to get to know everybody. And I was listening to Hap with uh, Bernsey and, and Grody earlier today, and he was talking about just a couple of conversations. Um, the two guys that we have on the station mm-hmm. as regulars would probably be my two picks for – the guys who like personality wise and maybe i have bias from just like i also know them because i hear them do 20 minute interviews once a week but like they'll be council's types of players smart hardworking, overachieving versatile um all that sort of thing like i nico and craig are gonna bond you know it's like some very specific hardo baseball guy ways you I'm know sure. and, and and i think i think half will dan, i wonder if they already have let's ask nico at five yeah, o'clock yeah dan, dan's be wanting to play 162 games a year like that that that'll resonate i I, th- I think that the makeup of some of the core guys on the cubs it they're like the much more talented version of Craig Council. You, does that make sense? Sure, Jan Gomes is that way. Yeah. For so. sure, Jan Gomes attacks every little aspect of the game and his play and, and um, I, to be that way. And the more, the more you can do that, and you want his personality and that mindset to be imparted on anyone who needs it. Uh, you know, there, you might have some guys who need to think a little bit more that way. Yeah. And, and you'll get some. But I, I, I no, I, th- I think it's a good fit. I think it's a really good fit. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, has Caleb d- declared for the draft yet? Uh, no, but several people have sent me the fake tweet. Stop. with the, the, Not you, but the, the Internet. Okay. Stop, stop with the fake tweet. Oh, but that guy, that, that fake account, uh, there's a Steinberg involved. It's a Wes Steinberg or something. That's a fake account, people. Uh, the tweet that says that Caleb has told the Bears he doesn't want to play there and they need to explore a trade and yada yada. So everybody keeps sending that one and uh, having it, it go around and it's uh, completely and utterly fake. But no, to answer your question, Danny, <laughs> Caleb Williams has not, not come out yet that he's that he's declared for the no, draft. No, he's, he's not. He's not declared for the draft. All right, well, I'll handle I'll handle that news uh, well, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, another shout out to the Steve Greenberg piece in the Sun Times, which really paints the picture of what we're dealing with here in terms of the kind of young athlete Caleb Williams is not about the nails we don't I don't care about that not about crying to his mom I don't care about that but about the fact that he's making three million dollars and has six endorsement deals and has the Caleb Williams foundation 
that the Caleb Cares Foundation, dedicated to eliminating, eliminating bullying, increasing mental health, and empowering the underdog, and like thinks of himself as a business man, yeah, and very much wants to do all of that as a rookie, and how that goes over in a locker room is a legitimate question, because what you have to find out is if he's also the guy who needs to work as hard as that rookie quarterback needs to work. He has to be that guy, too, either on top of that or before that, because that's just the nature of locker room culture, is you, you can't be the guy who has all of that and, my, and doesn't, doesn't live film, doesn't break down the film, doesn't show up early and be accountable for everything. they got to study that. they right. gotta, they got to figure right. all that out. But, but just, you know, in terms of welcoming somebody on a team, they got, you got to be that guy as a rookie quarterback, if, especially if you are all of those other things too. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I don't think that because he does that, that means he doesn't do the other things because, he I mean, the foundation is extra for a college player, but Drake May is a millionaire. You know, sure. J- J- Jaden Daniels is a millionaire. Sure. Like, you know what I mean? So th- that, that's, that's just the NFL now. These, the, these guys have made their money on NIL deals for being Without the, bi- the big man on campus as the quarterback for a couple of years. That's why you're in the, in the information uh, acquisition business. Yeah. Like to try and find out and make sure if you can what this guy is because because we've seen other people who don't who are seemingly transcendent talents who don't quite do the work. Kyler Murray, they had to write it into his second contract. Got to watch enough film, man. Yeah. Because you're not doing enough. Got to got to. We're gonna monitor your iPads so you don't play too many video games. You Mah- know what I mean? Mahomes and again pre nil, but Mahomes. Uh, now, he was sitting behind Alex Smith, yeah. but there's a famous story that him and Lee Steinberg, his agent, said, we're not taking a single, do- we're not taking a single dollar of endorsement money our rookie year. He was a, he, they traded up for him. He was the 10th overall pick. Could have had some. He could have had two comma money of, of endorsement. He didn't want to do a single endorsement, a single commercial. He's like, I'm not playing. He's like, so I, I don't, I don't want to do any of that until, until I get on the field. So his entire rookie year, he, didn't, he didn't take a dollar of it. Well, I, I, and, I wonder and, how and, much and that, that that's an extreme situation in the other way. And obviously, the number one pick, Caleb, he would not sit overwhelmingly likely where, wherever he goes. And I haven't heard of any other player turning down all that type of endorsement money than Mahomes. But that I, that is something that has happened in recent history. I wonder how long or, or how long that goes, how far that goes with his teammates when eventually he signs a four hundred. $50 million deal and he's empowered and doing a million endorsements, etc. If they, if some of them remember that, or if that is part of the package of, of respect. I'm not sure. I mean, NFL players, generally speaking, want every single player to get as much dollars as possible because the money is not what it is in the NBA and the NFL in terms of guarantee or in MLB in terms of guarantees. Mm. But yeah, it's certainly, po- he just has to be a good leader. He just has to be a good leader. And uh, hopefully he is, and hopefully he enters the draft, and hopefully this is all much ado about very little. You know, what, you know what Christine has discovered is the quarterbacks series on Netflix that I never fully dove into. Oh, yeah. So now every chance that she gets, she's watching that, and I'm in the room as it happens, you know, yeah. uh, or doing other stuff and, and, and seeing it. And the Mahomes stuff, I kept, I kept thinking about. He's good. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah. Uh, he's really good. Um, he curses a lot when he gets hurt. Um, yeah, which is understandable. Yeah, uh, is it, it's, got, it's got where he hurts. I curse ankle. a lot in traffic on the Edens. Right. Yeah. And um, Brittany is uh, is an interesting personality. Yeah, she high really s- is high school sweetheart. I know she came across fine in that doc. I you thought. thought so? Yeah, I thought she. I mean, like relative to social media. 
relative to what I expected. I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I haven't followed the social media aspect enough. But like when we have Pat Mahomes on, which is which yeah, famously yeah, happens a lot, not a fan. He's always ragging on Brady. Yeah, yeah, have you yeah, right. That? Yeah, yeah, no, your your yeah. opinion of her is definitely skewed. Yeah, it's um, skewed. And then so I watched that. And I'm like, oh, okay. From yeah. our access to it. Yeah. There we you go. know, some people here could have pulled off the double dip. I'm realizing. Oh, to, to to be here and then go to the Bulls game. Yeah, I mean, obviously the main event here doesn't start till six, and so that that'd be tough. But you could, due to the opening festivities here, miss the first half of the Bulls game and make it there for halftime if all you if all you cared about is the 25 minute halftime tonight opening ceremonies here and then halftime festivities and ceremonies over the united if if you didn't care about the actual game against the warriors you could do that our our guy david haw is here um and is here as part for the media social and to say hello to a bunch of people and to to get ready for tomorrow right tomorrow they're going to do inside the clubhouse right here where you and i are sitting jed hoyer will be right here on Inside the Clubhouse in person tomorrow morning, which is very, very cool, with David Haw and Bruce Levine. But David here right now, and then he's going to the Bulls. He's doing the he's doing the media man's double dip, the media man's city double dip on a snowy Friday. That's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Like, the thing tonight, it's very cool. Yeah. And I think that they did basically everything that they could, and clearly they put a ton of planning into it. Eddie Vedder writing about Dennis Rodman, Magic Johnson about Scottie Pippen. Yep. Uh, you know, Barack Obama for crying out loud about about Michael Jordan. Yeah. Like they obviously did a, a lot and they ma- and they invited everybody and Jordan releases the video and all of that. Dickie Simpkins looking like a councilman in that photo. Did yeah. you see that? I did. I felt it, very old looking at that. It's just I I will watch. I got a DVR in case I don't get home in time for the with the commute and the weather. But like without Mike, without Scotty? And Dennis. And Dennis. It's just going to be weird. Yeah. It's going it, to – I'm wondering if how weird it will be to see the 95 90. – it would be like if in 2036 they did the 20-year reunion of the 2016 Cubs. And they're like, yeah, everybody was there except Bryant, Rizzo, and Baez. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it'd be like, it'd be like that's weird. Like, it's, just, it's just a weird thing. And except, frankly, all this, uh, all respect to, to Cubs Nation in 2016, yeah. it's Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? Like, it, oh. it, so it, it just. Yeah, it, it, fairly important sports figure. Yeah, for more, for more. And I know it's the 95, 96 team that's going in because of the 72 wins and sure. all that. But he has six of them. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's. In a related story, Shota Imanaga uh, went to take a picture with the statue of that man before signing here with the Chicago Cubs. Understandably. Yeah. Understandably. Like it's the type of thing where, you know, it's part it's part of the lore of this town and the sports culture and all of that stuff. But so it's just it's I'm very interested because obviously it's cool. Yeah. And obviously they put together a ton of stuff and the videos will get you in all of the feels. It would be impossible not to. The the Uh night will be dripping with nostalgia and then they will introduce who is actually there and who is going to get the biggest ovation? Ku coach? It's uh, a good question. Ron Harper? Steve Kerr? Steve Kerr. But, I mean, he's coaching the team you're playing. I know. He'll get a massive ovation. He will, of the, course he will. The uniqueness of Kerr being in the building uh, and the timing is going to matter. Uh, Ku coach will get a, a big ovation. Luke Longley, who hasn't been there in a long, long time. Yeah. I, but you know, you hear what I'm saying? Like it, oh, it, oh it, I do. It, it's, an, it's an odd thing hey, that they are undertaking tonight. It's, Judd Bushler's there, though. Yes, you know? he is. Yes, he is. It's 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 very ambitious. It's very it's very long overdue. I love the ambition. I love the uh, I, I love the thought process for some of the cool things that they're doing. But yeah, it's a big old stopper that uh, Michael 
doesn't really want to stay connected. And it goes back to, boy, anybody see the last dance? That was that that, well, that put it out there pretty strong. Well, and who his son is about to marry, and what Scotty said about Phil. Are they really getting married? I didn't realize. Yeah, man. That. Oh man. There was this, there was a, there was a headline article in like People magazine or some gossip Us Weekly thing like two bad. days ago. Uh, all disrespect to the kids. That was like. Larsa Pippen and Marcus Jordan have sex five times a night, oh way boy. more than Scotty and her, her oh ever boy. did. That was a headline like two days ago on the internet. Hey, everybody, we're live at the Cubs. Convention. I'm just saying, like, it's awkward. <laughs> like, like the Bulls situation. The, the, this is the, the, the stereotype of like the awkward family reunion <laughs> yeah. or the awkward Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. Now make it the most popular sports documentary of the last 25 years sure. and billionaires in ego. Here's here's what's funny. Texture says Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor night without MJ would be like the movie Air without MJ. Uh, funny story. They did that. He, yeah, they did that. Yeah. He, and it was not, pretty good. It was pretty damn good. Yeah, it was really, they it was had really Michael say what? One line from the back. Yeah, there was not really anybody who played Michael Jordan. It was yeah. about the power of the man and the influence of the man and everybody in business around the man. And so is tonight. So I don't know if that text was sent into the scores text line with irony, but I sure received it with it. Well, and listen. He's not. He can't be in that bad a standing with the Bulls because he recorded a video. Yeah, you know. So, so he probably just doesn't want to travel. But I don't know. Uh, guys, like, it, it, but, so, snowing. but like they, they, they put, you're just they, they, they put, they put thought into the day because Kerr was in town. Uh-huh. You would have thought you would have done. You would have said, and I'm sure they did. Hey, Mike, is there any day we could do this where you would come, right. and we would. We would sacrifice Steve Kerr being in attendance uh-huh. for Michael Jordan they being in attendance. They would sacrifice <laughs> Steve Kerr. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, they would like have a ritual sacrifice <laughs> they would of Steve <laughs> Kerr to get Mike back in the building. They would say, like, okay, we, we will sacrifice Steve Kerr, and we will not invite Scotty Don't Pippen you think so? we if think you would come. And he's like, how about I just record a video? Our theory is that the Bulls would do a ritual sacrifice <laughs> of Steve Kerr to get Michael Jordan in the building. I'm trying to see if we can get a reaction out of that guy on yeah. the story. Yeah, but I, so yeah. I just, I, it's a, I'd like a, <laughs> I'd like an oral history on the behind-the-scenes story uh-huh. of how tonight came together. I because my good. guess is there are a lot of, like, yeah unreturned emails like voice messages that like group chats that just went hey, cold hey mj you there man all right <laughs> all right man. yeah exactly <laughs> mj you there like they must uh, have taken right. a, they took a lot of big swings <laughs> to put this guy i'm they, sure they took a lot, a lot of swings well, and they, they hit a home run barack obama wrote an essay about michael jordan it's pretty strong they, they had a they had a grand slam like magic they, they, johnson wrote about pippen remember when scotty went on to mm-hmm. magic in the 91 finals changed everything yeah so like it is a it's a great job but there's just there, there's a big there's missing this piece. thing that's not there. It's kind of like having a Cubs Hall of Fame without Sammy Sosa. Am I right? Right, but like twenty times bigger. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. it's it's just, so I, I'm very interested in how they actually logistically pull this entire thing off tonight because good luck. See, here you go. Um, this texture believes that there's a chance. That Michael's going to surprise everybody tonight. I know one other person. He recorded that. a video that I, said, I'm sorry, I won't be there. Uh, I know, but but we still think that Michael's going to show up because Chris Tannehill did a bunch of work for the <laughs> halftime production. <laughs> On and the assumption that he won't. It's rendered obsolete if Michael shows up and decides he wants to speak tonight. 
Yeah. And I think we all know that's going to take place. Yeah, we've got a great like 12-minute uh, package. You know, Alyssa Bergamini and Kevin Lapka helped out a great deal. Alyssa did some great interviews on the red carpet last night with a lot of the legends from the Bulls, from Bob Love, artist Gilmore. That's awesome. You know, Tony Kukoc was there. So, like, it's it's very nicely put together, I have to admit. But, at, but it's under the guise of – Hey, if uh, Jordan shows up, uh, we got to get dump out of it. <laughs> We're going to carry it live just in case he grabs a microphone. Yeah. 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 I don't, I think your production is most likely going to hit the air given that he recorded a video saying he won't be there. But you never know. You never know. Uh, I think we should step aside. Yes. I so think that so. we can uh, have maximum time with Carter Hawkins, who uh, jests very hard. Yes. And so the general manager of the Chicago Cubs and then Nico Horner expected to uh, be our next guest in person live at Cubs convention, Parkinson Speed on the score one name came up every time and that was carter, carter hawkins. hawkins carter hawkins there is no secret sauce my wife said don't say processes again great people with great processes you said processes way too much <laughs> yesterday who are disciplined in those processes general manager of your chicago cubs swinging a line drive right center field that's gonna be a base hit cubs win the ball game whether it's Jed, Carter Hawkins, obviously, they know how to bring in talented players. I think they've got a lot of respect in the industry. Carter arrived at this job with, with a lot of respect. MLB executive for over 15 seasons. Carter worked his way up rung by rung in a really remarkable front office in Cleveland. My favorite success story is probably Jose Ramirez just because... You know, he's a $50,000 sign that literally every scout or coach that I talked to was basically just saying, hey, this kid's going to be a backup infielder in the Arizona Summer League. It's obvious why they put him in roles of such great responsibility in player development at a very young age. Carter Hawkins with Parkins and Spiegel. Yeah, so the secret on developing pitching, I'm just kidding, there is no secret. On 670 The Score. We are back live at Cubs convention. It is Parkins and Spiegel on the score. And the general manager of the Cubs, Carter Hawkins, is back with us. What's up, Carter? It's great to see you guys. Good to see you, too. Absolutely. Unofficial New Year. I know. Did you hear what these guys were chanting over here? I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't hear that. Hmm. I haven't heard any of that. You, right. Well, I think they were chanting uh, Bellinger they were chanting. Yeah, I didn't hear that. You didn't hear that? No. No. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Smart man. He, he's not in anybody's hotel room right now, right? It's that I know of. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I, can't, I mean, you... I can't confirm you, negatives. Do you remember the moment when Dexter Fowler showed up at Cubs Spring Training with Theo Epstein? I, I've, I've heard of that moment. I, now, yeah. that led to a moment that wasn't super fun for me <laughs> in 2016. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. Sorry to bring that up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, people were dreaming of that. Any surprises left here if tonight? If I told you there was a surprise coming, then it wouldn't be a surprise. Oh, boy. But yes, yeah, Jed and I are not in the surprise business. We, we, <laughs> we are much more too bland for things like that. Right. When you guys have good news, you generally announce it. Typically. That yeah. seems yeah. Typically. Sense. Rather yeah. than bury it with intros at 630 on a, on a Friday night. Yeah. Right, well, yeah, we're just we're, we're just here to do baseball stuff. If there's cool things we can do outside of that, that's out of our hands. Did you hear what um, a friend of the show, Boog Shambi, was screaming as he just walked by? He screamed at you. He said, be good. Yep. Be good. Oh, that's good <laughs> advice. Yeah. I think he said, don't say anything stupid. Uh, I think that's also what I saw, which uh, is a great life motto. How, how do you feel like you're doing with that? 50-50. Mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Professionally, awesome. At home, mm. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, because we still have fun, and we've made fun of this to your face before about when you said that you jest very hard. Yeah, I still don't understand why I said that. I don't either. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, no, yeah, I mean, obviously, so I jest very hard there. It's 
Yeah. I've never heard anyone say that before. It's, yeah, it's like the first person of all time <laughs> yeah. that's ever That's said right. That. Congratulations on being first. Well, it's, it's live radio, man. You never know what's going to come out. Um, were, you, were you freaked out at all during the first 60 days of this particular offseason when there was not a whole lot of activity? Because fans were freaking out, man. Like, we dealt with it a lot. Like, you know, panic. Did it ever, did it ever hit you at any point? No, is the, is the short answer. I mean, it, I was talking to Jed about this the other day, and, and neither Jed nor I have Twitter or Instagram or really read much. And as awesome as you guys are, don't listen to you guys wow. often. Wow. Um, I mean, love you, like, but yeah, just, obviously. but yeah. yeah. Um, My wife doesn't listen either. But I was like, I was like, you know what? It's kind of like like hearing on the periphery, you know, that concept of, of you know, hey, we're like we're running out of time. It's like it feels like you know, when you're a kid. And you got 45 minutes till you got to go get in the car for school. And you know it's only going to take 15 minutes to get ready. And your mom's calling down, like, you got to hurry up. Like, let's go. And you're like, it's fine. Right. And that's kind of how we felt. Like, it's fine. It's fine. To be honest, if you would have been listening, and you should have. Right. I was like, "Eh, it's fine. Because I I don't think that they hire Craig Council for 40 million bucks and have a team that got good last season to be to to not invest in the team like that just didn't make any sense well, sure and logically. it's also like logically like if we think a deal is a good deal wouldn't we do said good deal it wasn't like we're like that's a great deal but let's just not do it because we just want to wait three more weeks because right. 2024 just has much better ring to it right you want to you want to torture people on the internet yeah exactly not what you're interested but like so what i have been trying to work through though is whether Bellinger comes back or not, if he comes back, it's not really an addition because he was here last year and the team wasn't good enough to win big last year with him. So if you lose him, it's like a lot of stuff that you have to add and add to production. And even if you bring him back, you have to add on top of it so you're better than last year. Or am I missing a variable in that analysis as I talk it through? I think the variable is the other 25 players on the team and the other... They could know, get better through whatever. Yeah, I mean, that's the hope that guys are getting better, you know, year over year, right? Like, you know, Justin Steele was X two years ago and he was Y last year, right? And, like, we're hoping he's Z this year. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's very rarely one particular player that defines a season. It almost never is. It's the combination of players. And to the extent all of those guys improve, like, that is going to be, I think, what ultimately decides the fate of this team. Who is a candidate to take a leap then who is already in-house? Really good question. I think you, you look at some of the guys that didn't play a ton last year, a guy like Miguel Amaya, right, like in the, at the catcher position, showed a lot of flashes of somebody that could really impact our team. You know, Pete got a, a call up, you know, at the end of the year last year. You know, we're hoping that he's, you know, be able to take a step forward offensively. You know, on the pitching side, you see guys like Wesneski that, you know, could be in a rotation at, at some point that, you know, we feel like have a lot of upside, a lot of opportunity to, to help our team out. So, I'm sure I'm missing a lot, but, you know, nobody was thinking that Azalea was going to be a closer last year at this time, and, you know, look at what he was able to do. So that's the whole thrust of our offseason, in addition to additions and bringbacks, replacements, if you if you want to call it. You know, the best thing that we can do from an acquisition standpoint is improve upon the players that we already have. Yeah, and say a Suzuki who found another stride in the second half of the year, if you get that guy for a full season, that's quite a change. 100%, yeah. So it's it's... It's the, the development at the major league level is, you know, the kind of untalked about secret sauce mm-hmm. um, and something that we focus a lot on. Do you think Craig can, can help with that? Sometimes a manager in helping to translate 
uh, front office the information. Jameson Tyon just talked about that. Like he, he figured out how he wants all the stuff presented to him in the same way. Now that you've got Craig as a partner, you think it, that'll improve? One hundred percent. I mean, I think you know, and Rossi is great, and, and and we love Rossi, and he did a great job with it as well. But yes, I mean, that's a, a huge aspect of the modern major league job. It's not just X's and O's during the season. You know, you think of a farm director, and I like to think of metaphors, but you know, a minor league system being a school and the farm director being the principal of the school. Yeah. The major league manager is, is essentially the principal of the major league clubhouse, the CEO of the major league clubhouse. And so if our coaches are teachers teaching our players, like by definition, if we have a really good principal, we're going to be better at improving over the course of the year. And that mindset and bringing that mindset each and every day is going to help us a ton. You know, we just had Craig here about an hour ago. He's he's uh, really smart. I'm not sure if you're, you're aware of that. But, yeah, no, that, that dude is smart. But I keep thinking about the way that Jed talked about him on the day that you guys announced him, which was that like A.J. Hinch or like Breslow, like a couple of former players who could do really anything, you know, a front office or, or a manager, and how the, he was kind of looking forward to his input in every aspect of, of the operation. Um, is that welcome by every aspect of the operation? It better be. I mean, look, if you're, if you're somebody that sees someone and says, that guy can help me, but I don't want him to help me, like, you don't have a place here. <laughs> like, no, like, no, that's not who we are. Like, yeah. of course, if someone can help us get better, like, yeah, we're, we're digging into that. That's awesome. So yeah. can you get a team of rivals, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. Can, can you give us an anecdote, a behind-the-scenes thing that doesn't give away anything proprietary of, like, how Craig Council has challenged Carter Hawkins? Yeah, uh, like day one, we showed him a, like a way we display some information on players, and he's like, why the hell do we do it that way? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, X, Y, and Z is pointing us in a total different direction than what you're saying in terms of what you want from a philosophical perspective. And I'm like, dang it, you're right. Like, yeah. Do you like, mean like how the numbers were actually put on a piece of paper? What do you, what do you yeah, mean? Yeah, like the display of the information basically emphasize things that really oh. weren't driving our decisions or shouldn't drive our decisions. Oh, interesting. I, I get it. That's a little bit ambiguous, but that was the, like, that was the look. It was, you know, day one. Yeah. Hey, like, we can do this better. Like, yeah, yeah we can. That's the modern gig of the manager. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Is to translate that stuff and understand a player's mindset, and it'll get even better once he understands the particulars of how some specific players learn because yeah. everybody learns different. And there's a skill to, to asking questions without questioning. Right. To, to without saying, hey, you're bad at this. It's saying, hey, I can help you get better at this. And I, I think Craig has a really good way of that. You know, he certainly is is willing to give feedback very quickly and very bluntly. But at the same time, there's this level of care there that, you know, that he's doing it because he wants to help. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's the, the give take that you have to have. He um, he wouldn't cop to his relationship with Josh Hader other than he said it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, we're wondering. Is there more more to be spent on the bullpen, you think, from here to opening day? Yeah, I mean, you think overall, as you look at places we can improve our team, like we can always bring more arms in, um, and bullpen arms are certainly an area that, you know, we'll be looking at. Whether that's an area that we transact in, you know, we will see. But, yeah, I mean, that's something that we're, you know, we're definitely talking to different agents and talking to different teams, and, you know, we'll see what comes to fruition here. But, yeah, we had a, a solid bullpen last year, but would love to, to be able to add to that. T tell me if this is fair or not. Um, it, it, you know, it, you, I look at it, and I think the number was somewhere between 35 and $45 million to approach the first level of the luxury tax, right, or the competitive balance tax. So now we got Imanaga at 15, Michael Bush trade, which we should talk about, is fascinating, and there's not a lot of money added there. Seems to be a, a bunch of money left to do more. Is it, is it reasonable to then expect to get towards that threshold? 
so without getting into payroll conversations, because that's just not advantageous to us in, in our negotiations, I will say the public stuff on competitive balance tax isn't always exactly what the actual competitive balance tax numbers are. There's different charges. There's different aspects of player options and things that play into it. So um, yes, I think it's directionally right in terms of where we are, but it's, it probably misinterprets a little bit where we actually are. But look, like we're going to figure out ways to help our team, whether it's spending money, whether it's, it's trades, whether it's getting our internal guys better. And we work at that every single day. It's all we care about. That's all we think about. Um, that's what worries us, not the timing of it, but just how are we going to make this team better um, and future teams better as well. And that's the, the balance Jed and I have every day. And having a partner in Craig with that is awesome and um, with what makes it fun, especially when you got fans like this that are just so into it. It's, it's uh, hard not to get energized. Have you signed a baby yet or anything weird? <laughs> so that's the best like thing about my job. Weird things happen here, man. So, like, I'm the number two. Like, I'm the I got a question about that, too, in a second. And it's great. Like, people, you know, for the most part, leave Don't. me alone. Yeah. yeah. Well, so so when, at, when Theo was here, he used to joke that, like, that Jed was the potted plant, and he would do the press conferences, and Jed's talked about it openly, that he was going to make you sit up there with him so that you wouldn't get any questions asked to you. And that okay. happened at the, at the council introductory thing. But Craig took it a step further. When he stood up to put on his Cubs jersey, he handed you his suit coat. He's like, here, yeah. hold this. I'm a coat hanger as well. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. How, did that, how did that feel to the ego? Felt really good. Felt really good. It's like I don't care. It's like I got the I best, would, I I got the best job in America. It's it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's like it's awesome. I get to to work in a great front office with great people. Get to have influence over really fun decisions and don't have to sign babies. But that's so funny though. Like Jed was the potted plant and you're the coat hanger. Yeah, that's totally great. Fun. That's great. Yeah, I mean, I would like to think like we just needed a better looking plan, and then I also am yeah. a coat hanger. <laughs> yeah, 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 but sure. yeah, I mean, like however you want to call it. However you call it I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, tell tell us about Michael Bush. It's really interesting trade. Jackson Ferris is uh, it might be big time, but it might be twenty twenty six or twenty twenty seven. You guys are trying to win now. So, what do you like about this kid, and at what position should we be looking? So I'll, I'll talk about Michael Bush a little bit, and I'll talk about trades. Okay. So Michael Bush, really good fit for our roster. Can play multiple positions, can play first, can play second, can play third. Is a left-handed bat. His hit throughout the minor leagues, um, just an exceptional bat that's the number one prospect or was the number one prospect in the Dodgers system. And, you know, has a lot of years of control left. So, you know, if he hits for us, he's going to hit for a long time. This is not a one-year rental type of type of player. So really excited to get him, get him on board. With trades, we just don't know, right? Like, we traded away Jackson Ferris. Zaire Hope might be the guy that actually ends up being an all-star. We do not know. There is massive risk either when you give dollars to a player or when you give players away to get another player. And that's just something that we have to accept as part of our jobs. Of course, we're trying to put ourselves with the best odds of having success. But, yeah, those guys have a chance to be really, really good. That's why the Dodgers wanted them. Hmm. That's why we wanted Bush. They're thinking the same thing. Like, oh, my gosh, he might end up being an all-star. Like, yeah. It was a better fit for us at where we are, and, and those young players are better fit for them with where they are. Um, but risk all around, and that's the name of the game. Baseball trade. We only got one more with you. Uh, so I'm a gambling man. If I was going to bet smart money on most innings played for Christopher Morrell at a position, where's the smart money this year? I think is this going to get me in trouble with MLB? Like, is there, no, 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 are there, are there any, like, DraftKings bets? No. That, like, 
No, you can't actually make that wager. This is just something like, between... Is it like me and Pete Rose going to be signing balls at <laughs> the Baseball Hall of Fame because I, I like gave the inside info? No, or? this is a show wager between 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 me and Speak. You're going to be what? a greeter at a casino like Mickey Mantle and his dotage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, that's not a terrible gig, by the way. Better than signing babies at Cubs Con, yeah, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, that's a great question. I mean, so he worked a little bit at first base. He didn't get into many games or any games in the Dominican Winter League at first, but we had coaches down there you know, playing there. He's got the athleticism to play in the outfield. His best defensive position is probably second. He also can play third. You're filibustering. I am. Oh, absolutely. All right. I'm just going to make a note to the audience that I've noticed. So yeah. it's DH the answer. <laughs> I think he will, he will hit for us. He will DH at times. He could play first. We have to see how he is, right, when, yeah. he, when he gets into camp. I think that's probably going to dictate the most. If he has the opportunity to, to play a good first base defensively, like we're going to figure out ways to get him in there. I think, you know, depending on who's healthy and what everything happens over the course of the offseason, we still got, you know, another month, month and a half left in the offseason. Um, he could end up playing some more third. I don't think he'll play a ton of second, you know, given the fact that our second baseman's pretty good. Yeah, um, he'll be coming on stranger things minutes. have happened. So, Carter, thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for the Enjoy time, Cubs convention. Carter Hawkins, everybody, Cubs general manager. Nico Horner will be here in a couple of minutes. And hey, we got a surprise for Nico. We got a late Christmas gift for him. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. I am actually doing a radio show with Parkinson Spiegel, and I wasn't particularly good. I mean, not that that's a new thing. Afternoons on the score. I will not give them a cookie. I'm waiting until I could give them the whole cake. Next Wednesday, Score Overnights returns for a one-night special to honor the life of our friend Les Grofstein. Mark Grody will host the overnight Tuesday into Wednesday, midnight to 5 a.m. to share memories of the Grobber and celebrate a Chicago sports icon. That's next Wednesday starting at midnight right here on 670 The Score. Once we get to the top of the hour, our friend and yours, the second baseman of the Chicago Cubs, Nico Horner from Cubs Convention, Parkinson Spiegel on the score.